Welcome to Man Talk, the podcast that's normalising the conversation about men's mental health. I'm your host, Jamie Day, and you can find me on Instagram at a day in the life dad, and you can hear more about my own mental health journey in series one of Man Talk. This show is made in support of the Movember Foundation, who are changing the face of men's health and fund life-changing and groundbreaking mental health projects around the world. You can read more about these over Movember.com. Man Talk is sponsored by Mojave's, who produce footwear for time well spent. Anyone who knows me or has followed my journey online will know how much I love the brand and their products. Their messaging really promotes me time, unwinding and self-care, which we all know with the challenges of everyday life is so important for our mental health. So thank you, Mojave's. This week I'm in London with Daniel Edmund. Daniel is the co-founder of a company called Milk for Tea that works to progress men's well-being and personal development whilst promoting modern ideas of masculinity. Milk for Tea's aim is to help men live in the fullness of their potential for everyone's benefit. Through workshops, coaching and community work, they support and encourage men to find their truest identity, recognise their value and live out their purpose. Daniel and his company are passionate about not only keeping men alive, but helping them thrive. So, here's Man Talk. Okay. Hello, Daniel. How's it going, man? Yeah, good. You? Yeah, doing well, thanks. Thank you so much for coming on to Man Talk today. Thanks for having me. Travelled up from Bristol. Yes. Where you're based. And you were just saying before we came on air that you grew up in America. Grew up in the States. Was born in Bristol. Yeah. Uh, my dad's from Bristol. Um, and was raised uh, just outside of Washington, D.C. in Maryland. And um, came back here. Came back here eight years ago. Eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. In Dan Bristol doing, what kind of thing are you doing in Bristol? So I work part-time at the No West Media Center, which is an arts, media, and tech organization that works uh, to, on a number of different projects. I work in the Young People's Department, uh, which is anywhere from people, young people and emerging creatives. So people from uh, 10 to 30. Um, and my work is uh, based pretty much with uh, working with men 18 to 30. Right. Um, and personal development, masculinity, progressive masculinity for the benefit of women, the LGBTQ plus community and other community groups who are impacted by how men act. And that links nicely to what you do on the side, which is your company, Milk for Tea. Yes, Milk yeah. for Tea. I'm very fortunate at the, media, at the Northwest Media Center that I have an amazing uh, manager, Mina Fambo, who links my work, the work that I do with Milk for Tea inside the work that I do with the Media Center. So yeah. with Milk for Tea, we're a men's well-being and personal development a company uh, that works to progress uh, modern masculinity and help men live in the fullness of their potential. So we yeah. do workshops, we do coaching, we also do training and development for organizations, set up the infrastructure um, to increase the well-being of their, uh, of their staff and team. And uh, yeah, it's all about helping men find their identity, recognize their value and live out their purpose. Yeah. How long has Milk for Tea been going? We are in our, it was conceptualized in 2014 um, and then started off as a blog in 2015. And then shortly after that, I got in touch with uh, TEDx Bristol um, and I ended up doing a TED talk that year in 2015. And excuse me, that year I also found the Princess Trust and uh, kind of just been working on it since then. You yeah. know, um, my, my business partner, Jack Norman, um, and I have just been working on it. I started it off. Uh, I met Jack uh, back in 2015 and then we started working together in 2016. Right. Um, and it's been great having him on board and yeah, it's just really good ask for a better business partner really. Yeah. And mate as well. Yeah. And so you, as you said, you go into companies and you offer workshops, coaching. Yes. Is it just companies or do you do it on an individual basis? We do individual basis as well. So we have different people that we coach um, as well. Um, so individuals can come to us and, and, and do the coaching or we go into organizations and do coaching with their team. Uh, it really depends what they want. We also have a pool of coaches uh, that we uh, draw on, but we have bigger, obviously bigger companies that we work with or yeah. larger groups of people that we work with. And what kind of companies are you going to and what kind of individuals are coming to you? People that 
struggling with their wellness or is it just people looking to like progress in life what, what kind of things a mix of everything really you know we have we've worked with people some people who are literally feel like they're at the end of their rope and so uh, neither jack or i or uh qualified counselors or anything like that so we don't work uh we're not uh we're not psychologists we're not uh psych- psychiatrists or anything like that so uh, whenever someone comes to us and they're like you know wanting to kill themselves and stuff like that we always signpost them to the relevant help uh we're very clear about what we offer we offer coaching services and we offer you know we both certified coaches to the Mo Coaching Foundation. Um, and yeah, so we're very uh, upfront about what we offer. Um, but a lot of people find that the coaching actually helps a great deal, you know? And I think a lot of people who are struggling with mental health issues, um, a lot of them need people to talk to. A lot of them, need, you know, need to uh, uh, strategies on how to overcome um, the challenges in their life and also the issues that they're going through. So um, the coaching, uh, the coach, how, how we're, uh, the coaching that we are, uh, that we've studied in uh, uses a model called the grow model right. uh, and our, our style of coaching is all about empowering people to come up with solutions for their own problems um, and so it's, it puts all the uh, the uh, the power in their hands and we're just here to, to, to guide them you know through a series of formulated questions and also uh, questions based off you know the, the information that we have from them um, but yeah so we're not here we don't you know we don't tell people what to do you know we're yeah. here to encourage people to do the best they can and, and, and support them along the way can you talk through a, you know a typical workshop what you go through I know on your site you talk about masculinity identity yep. self-worth purpose mindfulness hope and then celebration at the end yes. so what does it look like is it over a day over a week what kind of thing do you it, do? it really depends on what that person or organization wants from us like so uh, our model is very flexible so for instance we were just in Selfridges uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, and we were doing a workshop on hope uh, we're in Bournemouth University tomorrow and we're doing two different workshops, one on identity and one on masculinity. And then we're doing a talk there as well. Um, and then we're also going to be doing a, uh, we're going down to the beach. We're going to be doing some surfing and some, some, some mindfulness and doing like a talk on the beach as well. And so, yeah, it looks like anything. You know, we, uh, both Jack and I really create, you know, come from the creative industry. And so we like kind of like mixing it up and not making the workshops very rigid, you know, all the time. So, but our, our, for instance, our masculinity workshop, for instance, one of them, you know, it really t- goes through the, again, that grow model. So we talk about um, where where we would like masculinity to be at, for instance. Um, so what is the what is the dream? What is the ideal scenario for us as a community, society, you know, uh, global perspective? Where would we like masculinity to be? How would we like men to be, act, feel? treat people, et cetera. And we really spend a lot of time in that, in vision, what we call vision casting. And we talked about like, you know, where would we like, uh, how would we like our brothers to feel, our fathers to feel, partners, et cetera, um, friends to feel, you know, um, and how would we like, you know, other community groups to feel from men, you know? So it's always great to have um, women's voices in there, yeah. the LGBTQ uh, plus uh, voices in there, all the different voices that are impacted um, by men. So the, the more diverse the, the audience, the better. Um, and then we spend, uh, so we, we vision cast and then we go into the reality. So we go, where do we want to be? And then where are we now? And so like, so we spend some time there looking at what are, what is our reality? You know, the, the positives the challenges and everything in between. Yeah. Then we move to what are the options are, what are our options from getting from reality to our goal? And uh, we spend some time there. And then uh, the, the last bit is what will we do? So, you know, for us, it's not just about talking and kind of getting, you know, people are really good, quite good at talking about, you know, the challenges uh, that they, they feel um, there are with masculinity and how they've been impacted by men. And sometimes things get pretty heated, which is good. It's not a bad thing, you know, yeah. we, which, you know, we encourage you know as long as everyone's respectful we really encourage that um uh self-expression um but we always like to leave with actually very realistic tangible um 
options and, and, and goals that people can set on how can, they can progress masculinity within their community. You know, it starts with us, you know, and I think that's the thing. I think we always think these things are so far outside of our control, but, you know, uh, what we can control is how I can, I control, can control how I conduct myself. And also I can, you know, I can influence the people around me in my community. So that maybe be, you know, people in your house, your neighborhood, you know, your community, your city. It, so it starts there. And that, yeah. that's how the world changes, you know, by everybody focusing on them, themselves and their community. You did mention there the challenges that men face yes. around masculinity. Yes. During these workshops, all these individual sessions, what challenges are you sort of witnessing? Oh, kind of what people are saying. What are they saying? What are the challenges that these men like, are having? The thing with masculinity is that we're all we're all losers from it. You know, and by masculinity, I mean the um, the outdated, you know, ultra traditional. Um, rigid state of masculinity because mm. um, all masculinity isn't bad um, and you know, people, you know obviously there's the, the phrase of toxic masculinity and you know um, I understand what people mean by that so I don't have a problem with the phrase but I, 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 I you know like I said masculinity isn't all bad there are definitely um, there are definitely attributes within the male community that are I think very detrimental not just to other people but to men themselves you know like I said I look at masculinity sometimes at like a, a beast that eats everything and then starts eating itself you know and so um I think a lot of men feel trapped. I think a lot of men feel suppressed. Um, I think a lot of men feel like uh, exhausted. Um, and I think um, there are a lot of men who feel disconnected uh, from themselves and other, other people and feel dis disconnected from the male community themselves, you know? And so I think it's challenging some, for some men because on one hand, they're hearing all of these, uh, these things from women and other community groups about how, you know, quote unquote, bad men are and the experiences that they're having. And rightfully so, because I mean, I think it's really, I mean, we can talk about that later, but you know, the, the importance for men as men for us to hear about the experiences of women in other community groups, that's incredibly important. Um, and so there's a lot of men who are hearing that on one end, but on the other hand, feel like, well, I feel really trapped too. I feel really hurt by other men. There are a lot of men who have been hurt by other men. And I think in the male community, there is a lot, I, I definitely see a lack of trust that we have between men. There's a lack of intimacy with men. There's a lack of like deep connection. And so I think a lot of men uh, are afraid to um, kind of venture into that territory. Hmm. And they're missing out on a lot of beautiful and fruitful uh, relationships that they can have, you know. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot that stops, I think, a lot of men from connecting with, uh, with themselves and each other. And I think, um, and we can see, I think, and that spills over into, I think, how men treat other community groups. Yeah. What should modern masculinity look like to someone these days? Well, I think masculinity has to be, you know, anyone who considers themselves or identifies as, as a man has to find out what masculinity looks like for them. You know, I think it's a very individual pursuit. Um, at the same time, too, I think as a collective of men, we should be we should be honoring ourselves and respecting ourselves. And I think that looks like not just respecting ourselves, but honoring and respecting women and other community groups. And I think that's really important how we how we view ourselves and how we treat other people. You know, I think to me, that's what it's a lot of it, what it's based in. You know, uh, for me personally, I think what I've what I've learned from about masculinity for myself is that mas masculinity means uh, being responsible responsible, being respectful, um, being caring, being kind, being loving, um, being lovable, being someone that people can love, that people can trust. Um, it means honoring people. And that starts with honoring myself. And, and I think, again, you know, someone who's doing all of that is, is not really going to be over, you know, uh, you know, uh, I think, again, when you have that understanding of yourself, you know, and, and that identity, you know, and that purpose, like, I think it's really, it is quite challenging to then go and start degrading other people because you know who you are and you have a, a, a very clear understand, a clearer understanding of, of, you know, what you're here to do on this earth, you know? So that's why I think, you know, with we always start with, 
is like I said, identity and it's always, the, it starts with us inside of us. You know, um, I think progressing masculinity is an inside job. You know, it's, it starts with us. And again, if we can, I think if we can build better men and progress men and progress the male community, everyone's experiences are going to be better, yeah. you know? So I think it starts, it starts inside. Yeah. You know? And in terms of the men that you come across, how open are they? How willing are they to participate in your workshops and your coaching are they open to talking because obviously the stigma is that men don't speak up yeah so they come to your sessions and they're willing to get involved or is there like a barrier to break down it depends where we are you know it depends where we are and under what circumstances have we been brought into that space as well Mm -hmm. so i think anyone who comes to our workshop obviously is there for some i mean you're kind of halfway there just showing up yeah you know and so um, and one thing we don't ever do is we don't ever go anywhere that we we we're not wanted or like where people aren't ready to do the work there have been certain organizations that have contacted us and we've met with them preliminary uh on a preliminary basis and, and you, you you kind of find out that actually the people and the culture uh of the community of uh, the company they're not quite ready to progress and not quite ready to make that change because it takes a lot of intentionality and, yeah. and and it takes work you know and i think people overlook the 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 work that goes into progressing ourselves you know and i think awareness is great and i think we've, we've seen over the past few years especially in the uk the awareness for mental health for instance and and i think well-being as a whole right now i think probably globally uh, definitely in the western world we're just seeing this like you know real resurgence and like emphasis on well-being i think mm-hmm. one because i think people look onto our world and they just seem craziness all the time yeah. like you know i think the, the world we're living right now will make anyone want to go to counseling. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, I think we're just in that space. So I think someone showing up to workshops, there's always a willingness there. There's always an intentionality. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can work with that. I can work with someone who wants to do better and wants to get better. That I can work with. I don't care how far away they are to where they want to be or where they think they should be um, or what the ideal, quote unquote, uh ideal you know ideal man would for instance maybe for some people i don't care how far away they are if they want to get better we can work with that what we can't work with is people who don't see that there's a problem who don't think that there's any way that they can improve can't do anything with that what would you recommend to those people who don't want to improve i would say if you don't want to improve and you don't see uh and you don't feel like there's a need to improve because there are a lot of men out there too and i think that's really important for there to be diversity of thought within this uh conversation of masculinity there are a lot of men out there who feel like actually um you know you've got people like jordan peterson and you know he's definitely got like a a, a crew of people around him that are really kind of like pushing back a little bit more on this kind of like need to progress masculinity and saying like hey kind of things are the way they are for a reason you know and um and uh and i haven't looked into jordan peterson that much yet so i can't really speak too much on his ideals or anything like that but i've come across people you know who feel similarly you know they're like men and women are different and like things are the way they are and it kind of is what it is and we should spend less time focusing on that and kind of just moving forward um and while i do agree that actually men and women are different we are different we are different and i think people try to uh make it where it's like oh we're all the same or what well, no, we're not. You know, if we were, I would be able to get birth and the yeah, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. We, we are different. And I think that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, except the fact that women shouldn't be tre- having worse experiences because they are different. That's the problem with difference. There's nothing wrong with being different. It's the fact that some, you know, right now, you know, men, we carry the majority of the power in almost every industry in the world. And so, yeah, I think right now we're benefiting from things. A lot of people are benefiting from things being the way they are. Yeah. So um, I would say talk to the people, you know, if you feel like there's not a problem, talk to the people in your life, talk to the women in your life, talk to the people of color in your life, like talk to these people and see what their experiences are like on a day to day basis. And if you come back and you speak to a variety of different people, an eclectic, diverse and in- inclusive group of people and come back and you still say that there's nothing wrong. Well, then, you know, 
then it is what it is. But yeah. I, I can I can almost guarantee you that you're going to start finding out there are some issues that you know that definitely need to be addressed. Yeah, I completely agree. Just going back to your experiences yes. with well-being and things, which obviously link into what you do now. Yes. Is there a background to how you got to where you are now with milk for tea? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, the work you know, the work I do with masculinity definitely comes out of the of uh, my own personal journey with it. You know, so for instance, growing up, I grew up in the states in the early to mid nineties. Um, and everything like that. I was much more sensitive than a lot of the other guys were. I was labeled gay from a very early age before I even knew what being gay was. And it was very interesting, for, well, confusing for me, really, because it was just like, I'm here just being myself. And people seem to think that my sexuality is completely different because of how I act. And it was, and so I've learned from a very early age that being, for instance, be sensitive as a guy, um, being into things that aren't traditionally masculine or male uh, is not okay. And people will really uh, try to... I think not just deter you, but people will um, people will try to. I think not whether willingly or whether knowingly or unknowingly, people will try to hurt you or, or I think just tear you down if you're different. I mm. think that's the thing. So um, I think this whole thing around masculinity and the intersection of sexuality and gender and all this stuff is very interesting to me because again, like I've I've, I've experienced it firsthand. You know, being bullied, you know, to the point where I wanted to kill myself at 13. Like, it was it was really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, which highlights a variety of other issues of how people view the LGBTQ plus community. Because if they thought, you know, I was bullied and, and like my life, I mean, growing up, I mean, it was living hell at some points, you know. And just because people thought I was gay. Like, and it was just, it was just, it was this very weird space. And it was just like, wow, you know. And, and because of that, I ended up hating myself. And I hated the feminine aspect of myself. I hated that I cared about people. I hated that I was sensitive. You know, most of my friends were girls because a lot of the guys be around me because they right. just said I was a faggot and you know that I wasn't really kind of let into the male community. I have a lot of hurt from that has that has happened in my life because of men as well. So when I hear about experiences of women, I understand to a degree because I'm like, yeah, I've I've got that too. And a lot of other guys have had that, you know, maybe not the same experience, but different, you know, different types of hurts from men as well. So yeah, it's tough, you know, and I think again, I think that growing up again, and this wasn't ages ago, this is probably like, you know, 20 years ago, you know, uh, and just the rigidness that again, masculinity was mm-hmm. like, you know, and not being allowed to be into, you know, I, you know, everything just had to be masculine, hyper-masculine, you know, yeah. you couldn't be into anything pink, you couldn't be into anything feminine or anything like that. I was really into like the Little Mermaid and like, yeah, it's just like that. It's just, you're just not allowed to do any of that without being labeled a faggot, you know? What kind of help did you get at the time? Obviously you said that you were close to killing yourself. None. What? There's no help. No, I was, was it available in the states or just well, didn't know about it? These are, like, and I was speaking to some of my friends about this the other day. These com- we, we weren't having these conversations back when I was, uh, uh, you know, growing up. You know, um, and it's not necessarily that obviously mental health, like well being, has always been a thing. You know, to a degree, but like people weren't having these conversations. Not that I'm aware of, that I can remember about like you know. You know, protecting your mental health and bettering your mental health and mental fitness and all this stuff. And it, w- it wasn't like that. I don't know. Not that I can remember. And I grew up in a very progressive family. Um, and obviously counseling was a thing. My dad's a pastor and, and counselor as well. And so, you know, I was aware of that. But um, I didn't speak to anyone about what was really going on with me until I was 24. You know, wow. when I started, when I first started doing counseling. And a um, so good 10 years of sort of suffering in silence, was it? Or were you... I think it was all suffering in silence. I think, you know, there's, what, what can you do? You know, it's, there's no one really to talk to about it. And I felt really isolated from a lot of people, mm. you know, and, and it's just, yeah, it, it sucked. It just absolutely sucked. It was, and um, it, yeah, it was, it was, there was no one I felt like I could speak to about it, you know, because you, you grow up and you're like, you know, everyone's, 
I'm being bullied. You know, people bullying me at school. People literally carving Daniel as a faggot at the science, at the lab table. So when you sit down, it's right there. I can't even wash it off because it's like literally carved into the wood and like, you know, starting rumors. And this is the beginning of the internet as well. So going home and then going online and how happening there. And then I got an older brother and, you know, he's just being an older brother and being annoying and, you know, beating me up and calling me a faggot just because that's kind of what brothers do. Not doesn't make it right, but, you know, it's, you know, so I'm going to school, getting bullied, I'm going home, getting bullied and beat up. It's just like, you know, it, I felt like there was really, I didn't know if I, I couldn't win, you know, and so um, I tried to like deepen my voice. I tried to like, you know, change the way I acted and, and it's just, yeah, which probably quite comical for a lot of people, but I didn't know what to do. I just literally didn't know what to do uh, to make people feel like I was masculine enough. And I think, it, yeah, it, it sucked. And, and when I was 13, yeah, I, I wanted to kill myself and I was just out, I wanted to be out because it was just like, you know, I just felt like I couldn't win and there was no one I could speak to. You know, I didn't even know how to even bring this conversation up with people. Um, and people saw it happening. It wasn't just my peers who, who were talking, you know, who, who I was getting it from. You know, it was adults as well. You know, it was, it was, it was everyone, you know, and so, you know, it is what it is, you know, but after, after I kind of had those, that, those bouts of suicidal thoughts, I made a clear distinction in my, I remember like, I remember so vividly. I remember like at 13, after I kind of like got out of that rut, I was like, all right, I'm going to make something out of myself and I'm going to prove everybody wrong. And I, I think I've been like, that's kind of been my driving force for a long time. I had to let that go for a little bit because I think that I was still seeking validation in some way, but that was my driving force for a long time, you know? And then I became, uh, I found out I was a really good runner. I became an 800 meter runner um, and did that all through high school, US national champion, fastest time in the country in 2007. Wow. Um, yeah, in the 4x800 meter relay and you know, the, all the accolades, whatever. And scholar, you know, full ride scholarship university. Um, and then things things changed a little bit for me because then, then people started respecting me a bit more. Still talking about me, but not so much to my face, you know. Right. Um, uh, but I was still dealing with a lot of issues then. You know, I had even though I was kind of deflecting some of it with my accomplishments because that was my whole thing. If I could just achieve, then people, you know, maybe they'll, they'll still call me a faggot, but you know, at least I'll be a faggot that's doing something with my life. You know, that that was my whole mindset of it. You know, and. Um, but I never really dealt with the issues that were going on. So even though I'm kind of like progressing with, you know, athletics and everything like that, I never, I never dealt with the issues. Um, so I still hated myself. I still, yeah, I still was incredibly insecure, like ridiculously insecure. Um, and it's just, it's just, yeah, led into a five-year battle with substance abuse when I was 19. And so I ended up leaving university. I gave up my scholarship and everything like that. Um, and, moved, you know, moved to LA, then moved to Bristol. Drug, the drug use got worse. Um, so for five years, man, I was really, really struggling with mm. drugs. And uh, it wasn't all bad. I was having a really good time too. I was partying, you know, mostly. But like, you know, it's, again, the drug use, I think drugs, whether it's drugs, sex, porn, whatever, you know, when they're just outward manifestations of what's going on in our heart. You know, we're trying to cope with stuff. Yeah. And, um, and so I was using all of that, you know, to just cope and just get through because ultimately I hated myself. That was it. And I felt really insecure. And I think there were all these, there were these definitely questions starting to creep up around my sexuality because if you hear your whole life that, you know, you're gay and you're a faggot, something like that, after a while, you're going to start to believe that. And you're going to start questioning like, well, if everyone's saying this, maybe I am. And then there's all these questions that start happening. And then it's, it's literally like, I mean, it's, it's quite layered, you know, and then that affects your perception of yourself and your, your masculinity. Because if, you know, um, you know, if you are into guys, then that, you can't be masculine at all. I and mean, then, you know, this is going to just, you know, it's just, it's just, it's a wreck. It's a, it's a mess. And what happened to come out of that kind of cycle of booze and drugs and partying? What happened the other, the other end? So for me personally, it was running, 
once like running i think it's always it's, it's helped save my life um and then reconnecting spiritually as well you know i was brought i was brought up in the christian faith uh, and i left i left faith for years uh, um doing a bunch of other stuff um but i came back you know I, I i found god for myself you know i think when you're brought up in a particular faith i think you know you you believe stuff because um your parents say you believe in and stuff like that so but for me i had to, i think I, I found god for myself and that that literally turned my life around um and it didn't mean that everything just changed overnight but i think something in me was like actually there is a purpose for all of this pain that i've gone through right. and i think everyone has to deal with stuff for themselves you know like they have to find you know whatever it is for themselves but i know having dealt with substance abuse and substance abuse is an ongoing thing you know um so even though that was years ago i still deal with it in certain ways you know whether it's falling back into bad habits or old habits or or other things, I think. No, I think um, anyone who's been in recovery or anything like that, or tried to kick bad habits, I think most people will say you can't do it on your own. You've got to. I think for a lot of people, I mean, that's what all AA is about. And I wasn't addic- I wasn't an addict, but I had definitely an unhealthy relationship with drugs. But with AA and all that stuff, you know, it's, it's believing in a higher power. It's believing in something bigger because when it's stuff like that and drugs and stuff, like, man, it's hard to kick that on your own. Yeah. It is really tough. And I think for me, I just had to literally just humble myself and. For me personally, like I think, just yeah, reconnecting with God is what helped start all of it off. Um, um, and yeah, just reconnecting spiritually, and then like you know, bettering you know, my relationships, you know, with the people I was around, surrounding myself with better people, you know, nothing, you know, I, I made really good friends, you know, in, in the rave scene and party scene and stuff like that. But if, if I didn't want to do drugs and they were doing drugs, then it's only so much I can really hang out with these people. So it's, it had to change my lifestyle really. Um, but it's like I said, I think connecting spiritually was the first point because, like I said, it's an inside job. You yeah. know, and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta find that peace within, you totally. know, and, and recognize everything. Totally. And then, how do we get from there to where you are now with milk for tea? So when I got clean, I realized that, like, look, I, I've been through a lot, of, you know, and like as men, I think we should be the ones at the forefront of these conversations, looking to progress the rights of women, looking to progress the rights. Uh, a variety of different social issues that are going on. Like I feel like as men, that's part of to me what it, part, it means to be a man. It's, it's, it's be, again being honorable, and, and I think as a community of men, you know, it's about challenging each other and actually saying we're better than this. I think as men, there's no way we can look at these issues that are all exacerbated by our community and say like we're okay with that. I, I just don't think that we can do that. Like, and I, and I don't think we should. And so I think it was that. That's what started with fifteen. I was like, I was just hungry to help make change. And I remember when I was 10, probably maybe 12 or 13, uh, getting, uh, reading Martin Luther Dreams, I had a dream speech and wanting to make change like that. I remember that very vividly and like, you know, going online and like days of AOL and startup dialogue <laughs> on the um, and reading, searching for the I have dreams and reading it and being like really convicted, like, wow, like this is just powerful writing and powerful speaking. Um, and I said, I want to help make change like this. And then obviously I grew up in church, my dad's a pastor. And so like, you know, I kind of was brought up in that type of very emotive speaking and encouraging and inspiration. So, um, I think for my family and, and I, I think it's all about serving, you know, I think just like living a life of service, you know, my dad never wanted me to be a pastor for instance, or a preacher, but you know, he always told all of us, my siblings and I is, um, you know, to be an admin, you know, my son is admin, you know, it's, it's about serving, serving people, you know, and, and so whatever you do, whether you go into fashion, whether you go into sports, whether you go into politics, it's, we're here to serve people and to, to help make this world a better place. And nice. so 
I think for for me, this this is milk for tea for me is what I would call my ministry. For instance, this is what I feel like I'm, I'm meant to be doing for this point in my life and to serve people and to help make this world a better place and and uh, and yeah, and fight for what's right, you know. And that's how I was brought up to fight yeah. for what's right and to not be afraid to stand for something, you yeah. know. And I think in this generation now, I think that we don't always have that people willing to stand for something and also people willing to um to to uh to say no to you know a, a mainstream way of thinking or to, to stand up for for what they again i guess for what they believe in i mean we do see it don't like, don't get me wrong there are a lot of great people doing a lot of great things out there but i think um i don't know this generation we can be a little self-centered sometimes mm. you know um incredible and just quickly what does milk for tea actually mean um, so it doesn't, <laughs> I was going to say it doesn't mean much, but it, it started, obviously I'm, I'm British American. So while I was living in LA, uh, I was living with uh, one of my good mates now um, and he's from Oakland, California. He's like proper American. And so I would be at the flat making tea. Um, he was just like, you know, what's that about? Like, and I was just like, yeah, you know, tea, milk and all that stuff. Like that. And he's like, you know, we showed me how to make a cup of tea. Americans, don't, it's not a tea drinking culture at all. Mm. Um, it's mostly herbal tea as well. So I was showing him how to make a proper cup of tea. And then as soon as I put the milk in it, he was just, his mind was just blown. Wow. Like he was just like, what? what is this stuff? What is this? Like you're putting <laughs> milk and tea? Because they used to like herbal teas, like, you know, raspberry or green tea was really yeah, big yeah. at the time. And so the whole English tea thing was just weird. And uh, I remember telling him like, no, 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 you always need milk for tea. And like the phrase is... I just like the, the sonically it just sounded good milk for tea, milk for tea. I'm, nice. I'm gonna use that yeah he gave me my first moleskin as well and I wrote it I wrote it in there that day and so yeah excellent and then just lastly before we round things off yeah if men are struggling with their masculinity yeah which then links into their mental health and their wellness mm -hmm. what advice would you give them what would be your sort of I don't know top three things to do yeah one uh, you, you can't do you can't do it alone you cannot do it alone. And uh, trust me, I've tried. You need community. You need healthy, authentic community around you that can um, that can support you, that can encourage you, inspire you, and also challenge you. Like you need accountability. Um, and so if you're trying to better yourself and better your mental health and stuff like that, you need a community. Talk. It starts there. Like, yeah. So you've got to talk. You've got to find people you trust and who have your best interests at heart. Um, and then I would say you have to be intentional. Like, so after you find community, you've got to be intentional about wanting to get better. And I know it's tough sometimes, especially when you're dealing with, with a variety of different mental health issues, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, you know, whatever it may be. And I'm someone who's, you know, who struggles with, uh, with bouts of really bad anxiety, you know. Um, so sometimes even walking down the street is very intense for me. Mm -hmm. um, even today, like, you know, it's, there's so many things in my head that I have to do to just like, you know, work through just a day of walking, you know, just walking through the streets yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, you have to be intentional about wanting to get help. Um, and seeking the right help um, because without you wanting to get better, you won't. Um, so I'd say community, intentionality. Um, I would say commitment, yeah. I would say. Just stay committed to it. Yeah. It's not all, every day you're going to feel great. Some days it's going to be just terrible. Yeah, I think a lot of people that make that first step to get help and then whether they're giving, I don't know, CBT or antidepressants or whatever, yeah. they think it's going to be a quick fix. Yeah. It's not a quick fix. It's a marathon. Yeah. 100%. And like I said, it, it's, it's like I said, even, even myself, like, you know, I, I facilitate and do workshops and coaching and I, I still do with certain mental health issues myself, yeah, you know, same here. So yeah. it, um, just stay committed and just stay constant. It's going to be up and down. Like I said, there are going to be times where you, it's just going to feel like there's, you know, pretty hopeless, but you just, again, that's why the community is there and reach out to people. But yeah. 
yeah you are good thank you so much daniel Jamie, thanks for having me i really appreciate it um yeah really uh really appreciate you coming on and then for anyone who wants to check you out on instagram instagram it's daniel edmunds that's d-a-n-i-e-l-e-d-m-u-n-d or uh milkfortea.co uh or milkfortea.com check out our website yeah brilliant okay make sure you check them out thank you daniel cheers Thanks again to the show sponsor, Mojave's, who produce footwear for time well spent. Check out mojave's.com to see their products and you can use the code MANTALK with no space or capitals to get 10% off. If you're struggling with your mental health, please reach out to someone you know, your GP or a charity such as Calm or the Samaritans. Help is out there. Thanks again for listening and take care.